we need some covering. And the word covers you. The word washes you. The word protects you. The word gives you direction, instruction, correction. That's what the word does. And we're going to have the word over the house. God has been blessing and he showed up to do a quick and mighty work. You can only get what you receive. Did you receive it? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We got to be open to receive. It's not church as usual. It's not church as it has been. This is a new day, a new era, a new age in Jesus Christ. And that means he wants us to come back to the beginning of how he started things. Not how people have come together and say this is church. He wants us to come back to the beginning in the name of Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We come before you this day, Lord, give you praise and glory and thanksgiving. We are grateful for your presence, grateful for all that you have done, you're doing, and will do. We're grateful that we belong to the Most High God, the God of impossibility, the, the God with loving kindness and unmerited favor to give to us, the God of new mercies every day that gives us a chance Every day we have a new day to start all over again. Yes. Hallelujah. In your graces, in your favor, we thank you, Father, that you are a good God, a mighty God, a faithful God, a just God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for the I am that showed up today. Because I don't know what you need, but he knew what you need. And he showed up today to be that that you need in your life. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, we thank you. You are God that breaks strongholds. You are God that breaks strongholds. You are God that breaks strongholds. There's nobody, nothing stronger than you, Lord. And whatever stronghold is strangling your people, God, I thank you for releasing it, breaking that cord, letting it go in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Now, Father, continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it'll be those things that you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know God is in the house when everything of preparation was all inclusive and leading up to the message because we're going to talk about the songs. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. We're going to learn how to pray effectual, fervent prayers that availeth much. And when they are veiled, then we're going to act accordingly. We're not going to sit back and just wait for Jesus to rain down the blessings from heaven and do nothing. We have a part to play in that. Yeah. Hallelujah. The children, y'all be blessed. Y'all teach them some stuff to stand on. Teach them who they are in Jesus Christ so Satan can stop reaping havoc in their homes. Because they have power that's unleashed and they don't know about it because it hasn't been taught. And I want to see the power of God reign in our children. Amen.
I'm mad at Satan. I'm not mad at anybody. Because <laughs> they'd be saying, oh, pastor is mad at Satan and no one else. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. We had a blessed time in morning glory prayer yesterday. And we got some reports of God answering some prayers quickly. Quickly. Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay, let's go. Oh, 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 wait a minute. I can't tell you where to go yet. <laughs> the title of this message is Safety and Abiding in the Presence of God. Safety and Abiding in the Presence of God. And um, we're going to do Psalms 91, Barbara, <laughs> verses 1 through 10 to support this. But I have to do an introduction first in prayer for what God wants us to know to pray, stand, and to war in prayer, the Lord put in my spirit the 91st song, because he's been putting it in my spirit all along that we really need to learn the foundations of prayer and learn how to pray strategically and know what to pray, when to pray, how to pray it, so that we will be able to be victorious, not just going through some things that you've heard and said and just saying it because it's a prayer. Prayer is warfare. And so you need to know what you're praying for so that you'll know and can beseech God and how to pray for it. Amen. We don't want to be just speaking words, putting stuff out there, and they don't have no power. Because some things, even the word, don't have no power if you don't have no faith in it. Amen. So. It is my hope and inspiration that you will be encouraged, equipped, and empowered in your prayer and praise lifestyle. Did you hear what I said? Lifestyle. Not in your occasional prayer time. But that it becomes a lifestyle. Let me tell you, when prayer becomes a lifestyle for you, Satan can only get in so far. He cannot overpower you. Because prayer is like a hedge of protection all around you so he cannot infiltrate your thought life and be successful to stay there he cannot break that hedge down unless God lets it down and tell him to go for it and if he does that he has a reason for it and when the end come you will be more victorious than you were when you first went in amen also uh, uh, it is my hope and desire that you acquire a greater understanding and revelation of the word of God to arm you with strategy to pray and to pray to keep the spirit of darkness defeated from you with your prayer life. Learn to pray for the spirit of darkness to be defeated out of your soul. For God to give you the spirit of discernment that you can recognize that every good thing is not an expedient thing for you. Just because it appears to be good don't mean it's for you. And it's not in its proper timing. You can do a good thing in the wrong time and it will bring a bad effect. Pray to disarm the wiles of Satan. To disarm the wiles of Satan out of your life. To pray to learn to praise your way into hope, faith, and joy, and to be restrained with peace beyond your understanding. And above all, to have a more intimate relationship with Jesus. To pray to have a more intimate relationship with Jesus. We're all about having a relationship with another person, 
but learn how to have an intimate relationship with Jesus because in that intimacy is where he will reveal the strategies of Satan. He will reveal the mysteries of his words so that it will give you legs and feet and hands and eyes and a heart yes. to go forward. Yes. Amen. Yes. To, uh, and, 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 and to have to be more grateful and thankful for God's provisions, for his love, and for his commandments. Now, Psalms will have all our focus more on who God is rather than on who you think you are or what you can get. That's not the name of this kingdom game. The name of this kingdom game is not naming it and claiming it. The name of this kingdom game is not about all what I can get and who I think I am. The name of this game is about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his righteousness. He says, seek me first. Then all everything else that you need will be added unto you. But you see, what we're seeking for isn't what we need. It's what we are greeting for. Because we have let lust overpower our ability to discern what we really need and what is right for us. Amen. Amen. 91st song is in the grouping of songs 90 through 106. So it's, it's, it's the number four grouping of, of those prayers. And this book is the numbers of these, of these particular books is concerning Israel and the nation. So at this particular time, the Lord was making Israel a nation. He was doing it spiritually before it was declared governmentally. Okay? You see, a whole lot of stuff we don't have because we haven't been able to learn to receive it and acquire it in the spirit. We're depending on what the government is going to present. And God is waiting for the church to rise up so we can present to the government what's supposed to be going on. Now, the one thing that when you read, because if, if people who know me know the Book of Songs is really one of my favorite books, even though I hadn't really uh, tried to break it down. I just have taught on a few chapters. But what you will realize is that it's a book of praise. It's a book of praise. This is how you get God to raise up off of his throne to come to your aid when you learn how to praise him. Amen. Now, let me give you the definition of praise. One of humanity's many responses to God's revelation of himself, which is so powerful because let me tell you, when you praise God, you are declaring who he is. And when you say who he is, then he has to do what you say. And when he does what, what you say, then it blesses your soul and your heart and it causes you to praise him some more. Because praise is declaring the many, many names and attributes that he has that determines what he's going to do in your life. And when he shows up according to what you declare, it causes you to want to praise him more because he has revealed a trait of who he is to you that you hadn't seen before. When you ask God for something in praise, and we need to be praising him about fix me and my character. Never mind that stuff. 
And when he shows himself strong within you, you can't help but to praise and worship him because he has revealed something about you that you didn't even really know. And he also has revealed something about himself that you hadn't seen before because you hadn't humbled yourself before and you haven't really sought him. Amen. The Bible recognized that men and women may also be the object to praise either from God himself which we will find in Romans 2, 29, or from other people, which comes from Proverbs 27, 21, and then 31, 30. So it is, a, it is appropriate to give praise where praise is due. Although we know the first top person, because that was what, if you want to know what your purpose in life is, I'll tell you, it's to praise God. It's to praise God. We're looking for, oh, what my calling is. Your calling is to praise God. Get that right first, and you'll understand the underlining calling. Amen? Now, praise from humans uh, to God is in one, of, the, one of, of Scripture, and it's actually really is of Scripture, I should say, not one of Scripture. It's of Scripture, and it's the major theme. Praise from humans to God is the major theme of the Bible. So why do you think Satan... Always have you off about praising him. Either we're too cool, too sophisticated, or we don't want our mascara running, or we don't want to seem manly. Think about it. Or he has messed your heart up so bad that it is so hard that you can't praise him. See, when you can't praise him, it's not about the atmosphere. It's not about what's going on in the services. It has nothing to do with the music. It's because your heart is so hard that nothing can get in and nothing is coming out. So you need to pray and ask God, break my heart. Break my heart. Now let me tell you, the first time God told me that in my infancy of, 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 of salvation, I'm like, break my heart? I don't Oh, you know, whining, complaining. He says, do you think I'm going to destroy you? Do you think I would do anything to cause you any harm? And after that, I started saying, break my heart, Lord. That means take away my will. Let your will be done. Take away the junk in me that's preventing me from seeing who you are and seeing your will for my life. When he does that, you will live for him, and it's not a major sacrifice. People think because you're serving God, I don't have time for all of that. I'll come visit, but I don't have time for all of that because they're there all the time, and they're always praying and da-da-da-da-da. Let me tell you, when God gets hold of your heart, you won't be thinking about this all the time. It'd be like it ain't enough time, Lord. Praise comes from a Latin word meaning value or price. Praising God is to proclaim his merit and his worth. Did y'all realize that? So when you don't praise him, you don't think he's worthy. If you don't praise him, you don't think he has merit anything. That's what's happening. Praise also expresses glory, blessing, thanksgiving, and hallelujah. Do you know hallelujah means in Hebrew? Praise the Lord. That's the highest praise. So when you say hallelujah, like my little grandson back there, 
he's saying, praise the Lord. That's why she, I tell her, leave him alone. She'd be trying to get him to be quiet so he can be in order. How are you going to tell somebody who's saying hallelujah to Jesus, be quiet to be in order? He is in order. Amen. He need to bring the rest of us in order. We should be joining in and saying hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah to the most high God. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, the modes of praise are many, including offering of sacrifice, which you find in the Old Testament. Leviticus, you can write these things down because I'm not going through all these books. In Leviticus 7.13, offering of sacrifice. Now, in the Old Testament, the sacrifices that they were making, they were sacrificing animals and they were doing all these kind of things. But now in this, th this age of Christianity, God wants us to sacrifice our hearts. He wants us to give, he wants us to give him our time. We think our time is so valuable, but we don't have time. But who gave you that ability? Who created time? Yes, hallelujah. The same person created your being, created time. He already know what you have to do and what, and what needs to be done, and he knows what he's called you to do. You got a problem because you don't know, because if you did, you wouldn't be talking about how precious your time is. Amen. Your time on this side ain't precious, baby. Until you put Jesus as the main cause for it, because after, there's another time that's coming after this time, and you need to be prepared, be prepared for eternal time. And what you've been doing on this side of eternity is going to determine where you're going to spend the other side, and that's the place where time is going to matter. Because you either you're going to be in heaven, in kingdom with God for eternity, or you're going to be in hell, tormented and burning for eternity. Another mode is physical movement. This is in 2 Samuel 6, 14. Physical movement. So God wants us to move. You know, when we stand up and we're so stoned and we don't move, and, 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 I'm, and I, you know, it really bothers me when I hear people say, well, that's just not my style. Uh, I, that's just not in me. Well, you know what? You can stop that lie. And the reason why I know that, it was a, that it's a lie, because B.C., before Christ for me, you know, I was one of them reserved, kind of sophisticated, got it going on lady that didn't do anything. And when the Holy Spirit got hold of me after BC, AC, <laughs> after Christ, all of that went out the window. Let me, okay, I'm gonna tell, tell y'all something that's gonna shock you because you see me now. But before Christ, I was shy. I see the looks. But the, the way I am now is because of Christ. And people who know me can, can verify that. I was shy before Christ. Even, you don't know. You're too young. I'm talking to my daughter. She thinks she know me. <laughs> but after Christ, because see, when the Holy Ghost get a hold of you, and he changes some things in you, you can't be quiet. You can't be sophisticated anymore. You really don't even care. So, but now, let me qualify these movements. 
They change now after Christ. <laughs> and some people can't handle that because, see, we had to do some cleansing in the Zion worshiper, and they got offended because they thought somebody was coming against them. We're trying to help you to rise to the occasion and come up and be holy because you can't come up here in front of God's people who are seeking healing, deliverance, and change and be shaking your body. Talking about you're in the spirit. Well, yeah, you may be in a spirit, but it ain't the Holy Spirit. So I'm not talking about any old kind of movement. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, and there is a mode of silence and meditation. Amen. Now, when I probably need to go back to the physical movement because remember you've read in the Bible where Daniel danced out of his clothes. Okay, what we need to understand is that Daniel was under the uh, the uh, spirit and he danced out of his priestly wear vesters. He wasn't dancing out of his clothes, getting naked. He he had on. Uh, clothing that's called linen ephod, and it, it, it was for priestly people. And so he got so caught up that it just came off because it wasn't anything. It's kind of like what the Zion worshipers wear. It ain't nothing that's tight fitting and all of that. It's just loose. It flow and it frees. And so when you get free in the Lord, that, you know, that stuff just comes off. Okay. Now, uh, uh, I was going to go through all of these verses, but for the sake of time, just write them down. To, to prove what I just said, go to 2 Samuel 6, 14, and then afterwards read 14 to 16 on your, on your own time. And to support the silence and the meditation is Psalm 77, verses 11 and 12. The other mode is testimony. And you'll find that in Psalm 66, 16. You may be attacked by the spirit of darkness, but keep testifying. Amen. Don't let him silence your voice. Keep testifying about the goodness of God and what God has done for you and in you. Because that's what he does. What I paid attention after uh, uh, doing our New Year's Eve service, we had all those testimonies and there were some people who were testifying about the goodness of God and what God had done for them and how God had blessed them. And right after that, they got attacked physically. Well, we don't think like that. We just think, oh, this has come on me or this is hurting. No. Ask God, where did this come from? So you know how to pray against it. Because then we war and we, and we labor and, 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 and a sickness or a disease that was illegal. And with the right prayer, it could have been counteracted. Right, Barbara? <laughs> putting her on the spot, but that's, but that's a testimony. Amen. That's a testimony. Well, one day she felt bad and, and had declared that she wasn't going to be, that was on a Friday, she wasn't going to be able to come in on, on Saturday because of how she was feeling. And I said, you had just given your testimony, recognize that you're being attacked. Now we're going to do this in the natural, but this is what we're going to do in the spirit. And we prayed and we come against, declaring, decreed, and came against. Saturday she came to service. Amen. She wasn't completely healed like the ten leopards. There was ten leopards. 
God heal all ten, but only one went back to thank him. She came in, came up as a Zion worshiper, and worshiped through the service and left whole, left healed. She worshiped her way through it, pressing. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. And so what did, the, what did Jesus tell that one that came back? Not only are you healed, but you've been made whole. So the leprosy can't even come back and visit you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen, amen. The fifth mode is prayer. Philippians 4, 6. When it's, okay, that one bears going too because we, we're dealing with too much fretting and worrying and stuff. So uh, we need to read this for edification. Philippians 4. Be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. That's what that means. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, in everything by prayer and supplication, make with thanksgiving. That means present your request to me. That's supplication. Pray it, but do it like you've already received it with thanksgiving. <laughs> okay. And seven says, in the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It will guard your mind and heart through Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. And the sixth mode is a holy lifestyle. When First Peter 1, 3 to 9 talks about that, a holy lifestyle. Uh, you want me to read that? <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> Okay, let's go over to 1 Peter. 1 Peter 1. And we're gonna, I'm going to read 3 through 9. And it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy have begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. All right. Okay. Y'all need to know there's certain key words in the Bible that put Satan on the run. And I just read a few of them in that scripture. So I'm going to read them again. Okay. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy have begotten us again into a lively hope, a hope that's alive, living by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Okay. To an, oh God, he didn't just cause us to rise, but he took us into an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, and that faded, not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Your faith is the keeping power. So what do you believe and who do you believe? That's the keeping power because, see, you can come and get healed, get delivered, get whole. But if your faith don't continue to go in that same direction, Satan will come and snatch it right back from you. You have to have faith. That means you walk in that faith. Amen. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season it need be you are in heaven, heaviness, through manifold temptations. There's temptations that are up. I just said that. 
always going to come. Satan comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And he's doing it because once you become part of Jesus' family, he wants to pull you back because he don't want God glorified by your life, by your mouth, by your confession, by your eyes. What, what are you looking at? Mm, okay. Verse 7, that the trial of your faith began much more precious than of gold that perishes. Did y'all hear that? While you're chasing after stuff, it's going to perish. Because there's nowhere in the Bible where you're going to read about your houses, cars, jewelry, clothes, money, money marketing, bonds, <laughs> investments is going to heaven. It's not going to be there in heaven. And if you ain't praying and standing and speaking to some of your family members and loved ones, they, they're not going to be there either. Whom heaven not seen you love and whom thou, thou now you see him not yet believing. We re, you rejoice with joy and speakable and full of glory. You don't see him in the physical, but you believe him and you know him and you see him in the spirit realm. Okay. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Did, have I gone past the scriptures I said? Okay. Receiving the end of your faith even the salvation of your soul. Let me tell you, the beginning of salvation is the transformation of your heart. But the work of the salvation and sanctification and justification is the deliverance of your soul. That's why you need to understand when you got saved, that was just the beginning. There's much work that has to go on. Our souls are bound. That's why we have come up to the altar Say, come up to the altar because there's so many attachments that are there that need to be broken off in order for you to walk in your salvation. Amen. Our soul, souls are bound. They've been doing what they've been accustomed to doing and so they're spoiled. And they think they can get away with it. And you have to take authority and take control over your soul and let your soul know you're no longer in authority. You do not operate independently. And the Holy Spirit is working on you to cleanse you, to change you so that I can be, have it be in peace. Amen. Okay. Uh, praise is also linked to music, both instrumental and especially vocal. Songs 153 through 51. Praise is done by instruments and it's done by vocal. Now let me just say a little something on this. And, and I thank God for your patience and your obedience because this word, let me tell you, God gave me this word the day after the last Sabbath. And I worked on it and worked on it and worked on it and it just, just mess me up. So I'm giving all of this word this day that I have written out. Okay. We need to recognize that there is a sound that is pleasing to God and not every sound is for God. So you can't take music that was created in the world and a whole lot of it was created under the influences of drugs and alcohol when they, you know, they got motivated. And take that type of music and bring it into the church and, th and think because you've changed the lyrics, that is okay. 
That is not holy sacrifice laid up for the Lord. That is corrupt, demonized, and you dare to offer it up to God because you changed the lyrics of it? Oh, y'all don't like this, huh? Okay. <clears throat> God gives us a rhythm, a sound. He is the creator, remember? He's giving you the gift. If you have the gift of music, he's giving you that gift. Cry out to him, and he will lead you and guide you in the way that you need to go. And the music that he leads us to go in, it causes you to, to humble yourself, to cry out, to get saved, to get healed, to be delivered, because it has the power of his anointing on it to bring change. The anointing comes to break yokes to remove burdens. You tell me what song in the world, even your best song in the world, how has it changed your life for good? Did it destroy any yokes? Did it heal your body? Did it clear your mind? It may have brought back some old love that's brought you some more problems. But you getting your thing on. That's why we need a new song. God says, I've given you a new song to sing. And this song is going to bring you up, not take you down and turn you all around. <laughs> so biblical songs and praise range from personal, more or less spontaneous outbursts of thanksgiving. So there's times when you, you, know, you see people burst out because of their praise and what God is doing in them. And, and, uh, and, and then there's time when they're just kind of solemn and quiet because they're meditating on what God is speaking through, uh, into them. And it's given for, uh, redemptive, for the redemptive act of God for the redemptive act of God. And I've already said that for the redemptive act of God. So anyone that came up here to the altar doing that worship and praise time, God was redeeming you. He was doing a redemptive work in you. He was doing a redemptive work in you. It's not for show. He was doing a redemptive work in you if you received it. But if you didn't receive it, shame on you. Because guess what? It's not about us. For every moment of truth that came across your path that you rejected and didn't receive at Judgment Day, you're going to have to answer about it. Okay? Now, um, I'm going to give you some, some more scriptures that you can write down to support that. Exodus 15. These are whole chapters I'm giving you. Exodus 15, Judges 5. 1 Samuel 2, Luke 1, 46, and verse 55, and then verses 66 through 79. Now, if you read those and meditate on them, it will give you a better understanding about praise and worship. We just come up because we're skilled. Well, I won't say we because... <laughs> Some people are skilled with instruments and, or have a voice to sing, and they come up and they just think because of that they can just flow and go. 
you got to prepare yourself before the Lord so that God can guide you and direct you as to what you need to be singing, how you need to sing it, and how you need to be, be playing. You see, God is doing, I'm telling you, God is doing a new thing when it comes to worship right now, and people don't, are not getting it. But he's doing a new thing in worship right now because he wants us to go back to his way and not the way that the church have gone. Because now churches are known for the choir that's got it going on, orchestras and all of this. You know, there's nothing wrong with those things, but the thing of it is, who are you actually serving? Are you serving God or are you serving Satan? Because, see, there is two powers on this earth. There's no in-between power. You're either serving one or the other. And if the, if the choir that's going on, got it going on, you can't get freed, can't get delivered, you can't get convicted, you can't change, it ain't got nothing going on. If those instruments are not playing a tune that move you to where you want to cry and confess your sin and change, they're not accomplishing anything. It's about what we do for the Lord because only what we do for him will last. Only what we do for him will last. Nothing else. And we will answer, especially the body of Christ, we will have to answer to God about how we have worshipped and served him with false altars. Praise originate in the heart and not become more outward of a show. Matthew 15, 8. Corporate praise is to be carried on in an orderly manner. <laughs> Let me tell you, if God spirit is the instrument of that worship is in order Amen. and anything that's outside of that that comes up it shows up like an alien and I can spot it and we're supposed to respect the house it isn't motive if it isn't motivated by the Holy Spirit and you telling me you out of order and you've been moved by a spirit it's an unclean spirit. Because remember, Satan is a deceiver. He's a counterfeiter, he's a deceiver, and he's a liar. So he comes counterfeiting what, who God is. He comes like God. Okay, let me give you a perfect example. For those of you who still believe that your dead relatives come to you and speak to you and give you some instructions and directions and dreams, that's an unclean spirit that comes in the image of your loved ones to deceive you. There's only one spirit that can come back and talk to you. It's the Holy Spirit. No human spirit can come back and tell you nothing. Okay, I know I haven't touched some sacred cows. <laughs> Our lifestyle should be a praise unto the Lord. Now, songs, which really means in the Hebrew, praise. So the book of songs is about praise. The Greek meaning is songs, which comes the idea of the song of praise or praise songs, which became, you know, something later uh, in, in, in our Christian age because the saints from the old were used to just the hymns and some gospel. And so uh, I've, I've heard them say, what is all of this with just repeating the same thing over and over again? That ain't music. Well, it may not be music, but it's praise Hallelujah. and it's worship. 
because as long as you speak in the word, you can say that over and over. That's the problem. And that's why your faith haven't been elevated as a musician. Because you're not saying the words of God and it's not penetrating your heart to the point that it makes you want to repeat it. The book of Psalms came from several authors. David is known as the sweet psalmist of Israel. And he, so therefore he wrote approximately half of the book of the 150 songs. In the book of Psalms, you have Asap who wrote 12. And, and then the songs of Korah who, who wrote uh, 12 chapters. Solomon, two. And Moses, one. And then Heman wrote, wrote a chapter and Ethan a chapter. And the 48 left are anonymous. Now what blesses me is that uh, and since this is going to be a series, I can go back and revisit some of the stuff I have planned to talk about today, is that the people that I listed, if, you, if I went back to read about their lives and stuff, you know, songs is created just like prayers out of um, trials and tribulations where God had to show up in your life and then you realize you had a way out. Amen? So when you think about some of these people in here, you can, you, you realize how they came about. Now, you know, Moses was chosen by the Lord to lead God's people to the promised land, which that land was going to make them a nation. They wasn't a nation prior to, because they were in captivity to Egypt. Amen. And so Moses had the chore of trying to lead them to the promised land. Now, because of that, it took a lot of obedience. And in, through that obedience, he had to praise. There were a lot of mistakes made, and he had to praise. He had to exercise a lot of patience, so he had to praise. He operated in godly wisdom, so he had to praise. In order to leave stiff-necked folks, in the path of righteousness, you better be praising. You better be thanking God. You better be seeking God. And it has to have to be done on a constant basis. I know some of these uh, churches who are just huge, large churches, and not all of them are like this, what I'm about to say, who, who major in saying what they think the people want to hear, probably don't go through those kind of challenges. Because it's, you know, it is, because when you, because when you're not messing with people, <laughs> and you're not hitting them all in their stuff and their business, you ain't gonna get no feedback. You ain't no problems. And Satan ain't gonna mess with you, because you're not dab dabbling in his kingdom. Because see, when you start going deep and you're concerned and you want to help people and you want to go all deep into their stuff and help them and tell Satan you ain't going to have them, this is God's property, Satan will start messing with you. It's all about a good time. It's all about a feel good. God never promised that there won't be afflictions. And, and especially for the righteous, he says, many are your persecutions. They persecuted him. If you're going to follow him, they're going to persecute you. And if you're not getting persecuted, but you're standing and walking for him, then I, I don't know what to say about what you're doing. Amen. 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 The book of Psalms has been a source of instruction, comfort, blessing, 
for the people of God by teaching his people how to worship, serve, and glorify God forever. Now, let me, let me, I'm going to read something out of, out of my Bible. I got a note in here, which is also giving the purpose of songs, okay? And it says that the purpose of the Psalms were, was well expressed by David when he instituted hymns in Israel. He appointed the Levites to record better, make petition, <laughs> glory, 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 and to thank and praise the Lord God of Israel. You know uh, what I'm thinking about, glory, 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 glory. My prayer book is are called Prayer Petitions because those are prayers that I prayed in not a closet, <laughs> but in my room, because we, when you say a prayer closet, people think you're literally going into a closet. My room, a designation where I would praise and worship God, and in crying out to God for certain things in my life, but I learned through the Holy Spirit, obviously, because no one had taught me that, Lord, show me in your word how to pray for this, that, and so on. And he did, and that's how those prayers were written. That's a form of praise. Because I didn't do it like, oh, God, save him, change him, help him, make her do better. I said, show me in your word how to pray. So I pray, God, my husband is to me as Jesus is to the church. God, for my daughter who's away in college and I don't know what in the age she's doing, Give her a Paul experience. God led me to the scriptures. And I began to write based on that and pray those prayers. Now, when you're praying scriptures, you can pray them all day long if you can. So that, that word of faith stuff that tells you about it. If you pray it one time, you can't pray it anymore. Not the way I write it. God, I thank you. God, I am. They are. We are. I declare. I decree. You can pray that all day long. You're not asking God for nothing. You are appealing his court. You are thanking him as if you have already received it because you believe. Amen. Amen. Okay, so it says the book of Psalms is, is a record of petitions or laments. Because if you want to lament about your situation, go to God and lament to him and ask him to take the negativity out of you so that you can see what you need to do. Because when we major on the problem and the negativity of it, you don't move. You don't go anywhere. You stay stagnant. You have to learn how to give it to God in a way that you're asking God to show you another perspective so that you can hold on and not faint and not lose hope. And what he has to say. So besides the lamenting, you give thanksgiving and praise to God by his people. That's what the book of songs is all about. And as such comes your comfort, encouragement, blessing. Amen. Okay. Now, let's visit Psalms 91. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah, Jesus, which this song, 
I don't know if we're going to get through all that I have written down here. Because this song, see, I'm not just telling you by what God revealed to me by reading his word. I'm getting ready to tell you some stuff by what God revealed to me in a time of need and showed himself strong. Okay? Now, I'm going to tell this story, and I may have to tell it over and over and over again. But um, when my daughter was in high school and I had to drive her to school, um, I usually pray or have on Christian broadcast on, on, on the radio, which she abhorred. But after a while, I heard her humming the theme songs to some of those programs. And mm-hmm, faith cometh. <laughs> eventually. So I was praying and God told me, I want you to pray the 91st song over Ebony. And I says, okay. And I prayed it according to how it was written in here. But when I got home, I says, okay, I'm going to go through the Bible because I want to make sure it is verbatim. And I prayed it again. What I did not know, he was preparing me for what was forthcoming that evening because she was in a car accident going to Bible study across town. So she was on the freeway. She's on the freeway. You know on the freeway that's embankment of rock, okay? She, she because of the weather, uh, it, was, it was raining, kind of like it is today. The pavement was wet, but it was a little slippery. And so the car slipped and ran into the embankment and flipped over on his belly. And in that position of the car, she heard, she said, and I know it was the Lord, said, climb through the window. She had on a leather jacket, and she has, you know, long nails and stuff. She climbed through that broken window in that car. There was not a cut on the jacket, not a nail broken. But before she was led to climb out from the impact, her chin hit, I guess a stern well or something, but it, it broke it right in half. Okay, she goes, um, they, they, I don't know who all saw it, but anyway, uh, the police and EMS came and took her to the hospital. And then I was called. I went to the hospital and when I saw her, I thought I was gonna faint. Cause her face was all, I mean, she was totally disfigured and she couldn't even talk. But when she saw how I was looking, she knew it had to be terrible. She hadn't seen herself. But knowing how I was handling it, she knew it had to be something awful. So she was saying, hmm, hmm, hmm. And she was saying, pray, pray, pray. Which shocked me out of fear. So then I, 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 I began to pray and I left out because she said, you know, take her out. And I began to pray. When I prayed, the Lord reminded me of what he told me to pray, the 91st song. Now let me tell you the part of the song that was executed in that life today. He has, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Oh, y'all ain't praying with me. Remember the embankment is made out of stone. Okay, it hit the embankment that flipped over. The angels lifted her up out of the car through the broken window. He told me, 
based on what I told you to pray, I didn't bring her this far for her to die. You don't have to worry because he says that, uh, oh, hallelujah, Jesus, when it says he will keep you in, in all your ways, okay, your ways mean the course of life that will lead you to the destiny he has set for your life. He let me know I prepared in advance for the victory of what Satan was trying to take her out in. And when you prayed, it covered it and it stopped Satan from doing what he wanted to do. Yes, there was an accident, but he couldn't take her out and he didn't kill her. Amen. What was done? was repaired in the hospital and they told the surgeon told me after he got through doing what he was doing she would she will not be able to speak well again i says thank you for your information but no thank you because she will talk i believe that jesus is going to heal her so i decided to go in and live in the hospital with her until the time come out so that i could pray constantly over her lay hands on her and declare and when she first time went to the mirror and looked at herself she almost fainted don't worry it's gonna be okay I want you to pray I want you to pray I had to constantly be there to be her arms to keep her arms lifted up and declare what thus says the Lord and so what happened she comes out later on they send out a physical therapist a speech there a, a, a pathologist to help her to speak who happened to be a member of word of faith so you know she call it, name it, claim it. Okay, so she comes, and in two weeks she said, she don't need me. Not only could she speak, but she's begin to speak right away, and it haven't stopped her yet. She talks all the time. Do you understand what I'm saying? The power of prayer works, and we can't give up because Satan throws things across our path to make us seem like it's over, it's dim, and it's never going to work out because the Bible said what he meant for evil, I will work it for your good for those who are called to my purpose and who love me. She had a purpose that had not been fulfilled because she's in high school getting ready to graduate. The good news is they had to have already taken a class pictures before the accident that out of good news is she walked across that stage and got her diploma after the accident hallelujah Jesus don't tell me what my God won't do if you believe and trust in him and that's why I am convinced when you pray the word of God he has to manifest it when and how that's not our business just hold on and wait till your eyes see and your ears hear what the Spirit of the Lord is going to do in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. God's word is true and is sure. And, 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 and we need to hold on to it. Now, what you're going to recognize in Psalms 91, there's two voices that's speaking. One is David. The other one is the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. You know what? For the second time, I don't have to come back to this, but I want to read something that I have written. And I know that I need to do it right now. The Lord is telling me, do this right now. Because I don't want to keep you, hold you long forever and ever. 
Uh, I got some kind of sense. But <laughs> glory. As we study the Psalms, and, and, and this, this, this was motivated from verses uh, 91 songs from verses 5 through, um, um, I mean, 6 through 10. From verses 6 through 10. I, okay, I'm going to read them real quickly so that you can understand the revelation that the Lord gave me. 6 to 10, he says, Nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the, structure, the destruction that wasted at noonday. <sighs> that accident was at night. The instructions was given to me at noon. <laughs> ah, glory. Um, a thousand shall fall at that side and 10,000 at that right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thy eyes thou shalt behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is thy refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. Now, I need to also let you know how to pray out of the Bible. Don't just read it like you see it. And prepare. Read and prepare and be ready, intercessors. Because when I'm praying this, Father, I thank you that I dwell in the secret place of the Most High and abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I would say of you, you are my refuge and my fortress. You are my Lord and you whom I put all my trust. Okay, y'all get it? If you want to pray it for somebody else, put their names in it and then put the pronouns in there. Okay, based on those scriptures, and I may revisit this again when I, when I go back and, and prayerfully uh, teach this the way God had put it in my spirit. As we study the Psalms, you will hear the, the writers, especially David and Moses, who by ancient scholars have attributed both men to have penned Psalms 91, okay? But they don't really know. So most people say it's David. Declare and decree victory over their enemies. They didn't submit or succumb to their enemies. They declared and decreed victory over their enemies. They did not submit or succumb to their enemies, no matter who they are or were. Okay? They petitioned God's court, and then their actions lined up with what they petitioned, with their prayers. We cannot pray like we are in faith, believing, and our actions are contrary and fall in line with Satan's behavior. Remember, he is using loved ones, Satan, without them being aware that, they, that they're being used, and that will not stop until you take a stand against those things that strives against God, yeah. his righteousness and his truth. Yeah. Now I'm going to read a couple of scriptures to support, support this because we're so religious that uh, we don't even know how to fight. We don't even know how to battle uh, spiritually. Now let me, let me read you a few, a few scriptures because, oh, help me Holy Ghost not to say anything to wound anybody. Um, the greatest battles that we usually have to fight are those in our house. Okay? You've got to remember the enemy is behind. Remember I said there's two powers. There's no in-between powers. So there's either the power of God operating behind people or the God of Satan. I mean, the Satan, Satan the God of the world, I'm trying to say, who's uh, using and behind people. And you need to be spiritually discerning so you'll know the difference, so you know how to battle. Okay? This is what David prayed, Psalms 139, 
uh, verses 21 and 22. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee. And I am, I, am I not grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Play them games of submitting to the enemy through your loved ones. And you will be bound all the days of your life. Take authority over the spirit behind the person you love. Snatch them from their influences in their hands. Okay? Let me read another one. 119. I'm giving you the scripture verse so that you're like, well, she said, but I, mm, mm -hmm. no, I ain't saying nothing. I'm saying, I'm telling you what the Bible says. Okay? Now you can accept it or reject it, but your victory is going to be predicated on where your faith is. Psalms 119 and, and, the, and the, one of the verses is 104. Through thy precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Every false way. It doesn't matter where it's coming from. Okay? Stay in there, 113. I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Vain thoughts as somebody's imagination or worldview. And Paul tells us in the Bible, cast down vain imaginations and every high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, the Bible wouldn't give us that instruction if it wasn't needed and if we couldn't do it. Amen? You can't win the battle when you come into agreement with the forces you are supposed to be standing against. There is no division when we both are following Jesus in his way, his truth, his word, his commandments, his laws, his statutes. When you stand for his way and pray against Satan's lies, that is walking in love. Don't tell me about you in love. This is what a real covenant looks like. We are in agreement because, see, you're not in covenant with anybody that is not a believer. And if we are both believers, we're in covenant. We should be believing the same thing because we're supposed to be serving the same master. Amen. When we are in agreement by serving the same God. I don't mean that everything we all, we both say, we always 100% in agreement. We serve the same master. If we serve the same master, we are in agreement. So when we are serving the same master, though you may be off one day, would you can bring, I can bring correction to you and vice versa. Amen. But if we're serving two different gods, there's no coming together. And so a real covenant means you're serving the same God. Submission is unto the Lord. Submission is unto the Lord. We want to we submit to male or man, generic, because there's some men submit to women who are out of order. Okay? When you love him with all of your heart, I'm talking about Jesus. 
You can love yourself and you will love others. His love for us is what motivated our love for him. The Bible says he first loved us. That's why we can love him. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to love him. And our love for him is what equips us, is what equips us to love others. Fear and love are enemies. Choose thee this day whom you're going to serve. Amen. Amen. I'm going to leave it on that note. And I'll come back and finish whatever I didn't complete next week with part two. This is a time. Go ahead. Give God a hand clap. This is a time for us to think about who are we serving? Are we serving God or are we serving man? Who is the one that has given us our breath to breathe, our eyes to see, has given us a heart to feel? No human being can do that for you. But when you have God on your side, he's more than the world against you. Whom should you fear? Whom should you be afraid of when you serve God? Because see, when you go and stand for him and lift him up, he's forced to stand behind you and cover you and keep you. And he's gonna manifest what's right and what's true. We serve a faithful and a just God. He don't fail. But if you're too afraid to take a stand and step out to, to see who your savior is, you'll never come to know. And like I said, a lot of the things I say, they're all biblically based, but I've walked through them. Amen. I had to take a stand in my marriage. Who do I love more? Am I going to compromise to keep a man or to keep a woman? Or am I going to really serve God? And at a, a challenging point, I told God, it will just be me and you. I'm not going to back down and I'm not going to give in because I was being, they were upset because of my new walk in Christ. If I stayed the way I was before Christ, it would have been a great blend. But once I accepted Christ, just as I was as an unbeliever, I was as a believer, all in. And it was way too much. And in order to keep this marriage, I was going to have to make a decision. Either slow my road down with God, back off a little bit, it's just way too much, or let him go. And I said, I'm letting him go. It's me. I don't want him for the sake of him. I want him saved to serve you for his soul not to go to hell, not so that we can get along better, but for so that his soul does not go to hell. And when I gave him up, it was the moment before then, 
I'm, I, I, I got a ticket, I'm leaving. Okay, God, it's just me and you. I'll do whatever I have to do. And the next moment, call the airport, cancel the flight, and never left. Now, I'm putting my stuff out here because I want you to be free. Not because I didn't get no, no glory in, in any of that. But I knew I was in a spiritual war. It wasn't natural. It was a spiritual war. But because I took a stand and I decided to stand, God also gave me a vision and let me know you're going to win this war. You're going to win this war. Why? Because I made him first and foremost. And I was willing to give up everything to have him. Do you really love the Lord? Or do you just want everything to be comfortable, peaceful? That's not peace. That's false peace. It can't be peace when two people living in the same household serving two different gods, whether they're in a church or not. And there's some who are in some churches that are serving a different God. Amen. Amen. But I do know when you stand for Jesus, he'll stand for you. And he'll make your enemies your footstool. And we don't have to sacrifice anything. Matthew 10 tells us, you can't give up nothing for me that I don't give it back to you a hundredfold. I'll give you what you've given up better back to you. Because afterwards I'm like, oh, God, don't make him better than me. <laughs> then my faith is going to be challenged. <laughs> just, but you got to learn to trust God. And if you don't trust him, you're never going to know him. Because this is how you get to know God. When you pray and you trust him and he show himself strong in your life, he's showing you a different character trait about him other than love. Because, you know, all people, he, Jesus is love. Yeah, he's more than just love. Jesus got angry and got people straight. Jesus disciplined those whom he loved, and I'm going to talk about that next week. So some things he allowed to happen to us because he loves us too much to see us keep going in that same direction. Amen. Amen. Now is the time of salvation. Now is the time of salvation. Do y'all hear me? Okay. And so this is an opportunity. God is so awesome. He woke us up this morning. With a sound mind. And we can make righteous decisions. We can change course. We don't have to stay the same if that course was leading us down the wrong way. We can change that course right now. He's here for us. He's not like man. Promise you stuff and then leave you and or give you something contrary to what you asked for. He said, I'll give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask for it. I'm not going to give you a serpent. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So at this time, for anyone who have not asked Jesus 
to be Lord over your life and to save your soul, this is the time to say after me, Dear Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. I come to you because I am a sinner and I need help. I ask you to cleanse me from all my sins. Heal me from all of the doubt, fear, and lack of understanding. Deliver my soul from hell. Accept me in your kingdom. I'm ready to be translated from darkness into the marvelous light of the glorious gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. I have confessed my sins to you, so I receive your grace and your mercy by the blood of Jesus on the cross of Calvary, and I am saved. Thank you, Jesus. Now fill me with overflow of your Holy Spirit so that I can walk in the power of my salvation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Now may the Lord be with you, watch over you, continue to work in you to come into the knowledge and understanding of who your Savior really is to keep you in perfect peace and a sound mind and tranquility. May God always be with you and you never leave him. You never commit adultery on him, but you recognize he is your way of escape so that you will have eternal life and bliss with him in the hereafter. In Jesus' name, and may traveling mercies go with you as you depart. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Give God a hand clap. Amen.